Episode 281 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by cloud accounting software FreshBooks. Check out their free unrestricted 30-day trial right now when you go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. Most people don't realize that their knowledge is their biggest asset. And when they learn how to share that in a packaged or a product way to the right people who need it and want it, they can build a really successful business around that. And they're helping other people. Hey there, welcome aboard. It's the Read to Lead podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. My name is Jeff, Jeff Brown to be exact. And I believe that if you desire to achieve success in your business and in your life, then you need to be a lifelong learner. Intentional and consistent reading is a big part of that. And and I view my job as helping you distill the key insights and main ideas from some of today's best books and authors. Today, we are about to be joined by Travis Rosser. He's the author of the book, You, Inc., the step-by-step guide for finding a business within you. I'll be asking Travis to share about why he believes anyone can start a business and become their own boss. Having just hosted the Boss Free Summit back in May, that's a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, Questions to ask yourself to help discover your own business, the four P's of expertise, and much, much more. A book I've recently found to have been read by most of my trusted colleagues, but one that I've taken, I guess, a couple of years to get around to reading, is Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits, How Extraordinary People Become That Way. It came out a couple of years ago. I picked it up just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm currently about halfway through it. And among the several books I'm reading at the moment, it's one I highly recommend. Again, it's High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. Travis Rosser is a software engineer, speaker, and author. And after a decade in the software industry, he co-founded a company called Kajabi, a knowledge capital platform that has helped customers redefine themselves as experts, free themselves from the traditional notions of a job, and live more fulfilled lives. I just learned he has since sold that company. Good on you, Travis. Since 2010, Kajabi's helped more than 10,000 people launch their own small businesses, generating more than $600 million in sales. I'm one of those. Uh, Travis's book uh, released last year is called You, Inc., the step-by-step guide for finding a business within you. I'm excited to, to be talking to him. Travis, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, yes, Kajabi is great software. I'm, I'm really proud of what we were able to build there. But yeah, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. So well, Good for you. Good for you. In, in reading your book and learning myself a little bit about your background and growing up years, I think your childhood, uh, early adult years, is indicative of, of that of many of us with regard to attitudes toward what's possible in, in this yeah. world. Uh, would you be willing to share a bit about sort of your growing up years, those early adult years? Yeah. So, I mean, in my book, I do briefly talk about my childhood. Um, The book basically is about Kajabi customers and their success. And I really help that person kind of figure it out and then take that step. But I started the book with my story because my story eventually led me to creating Kajabi. I grew up in a really small town in the middle of California, farmland. Mm -hmm. And when people think California, they don't always think (laughs) farmland. But the reality is San Joaquin Valley is one of the probably most successful farming areas 
areas in the country when it comes to fruit and just all kinds of great stuff. Um, I had a great childhood. I had two parents that were both teachers, hardworking. I, however, struggled with stuttering my entire um, childhood until I was about 18 and then just kind of magically went away through a lot of prayer and just hope and dreaming. Like you said, just I grew up as a dreamer. Mm. I spent a lot of time outside on that farm because I couldn't talk. I was in my head a lot. And now I see that as kind of my secret weapon mm. because I can kind of mentally go to a place that doesn't exist yet. And one of them was, I wish I could speak. Mm. And I have no idea why at that time, all of a sudden I stopped. But when I look back on my life, I realize that's a common theme for me was to wish that it was better mm. and not just wish and hope, but kind of think about it and maybe even plan a little bit. Both my parents were teachers. They made great income to be you know, teachers. However, they lived paycheck to paycheck and money was always stressful. And so me as a young kid, not really talking too much, but listening and thinking a lot, I would listen to them complain about not having enough money. And it always made me think, why? Why is it like that? Like, why do these people have more money and yet my parents are struggling? And then I would analyze people in my little small town and see other farmers that were doing extremely well and just really watching them. And almost from afar, they were mentoring me how they lived their lives and the way they dreamed and planned and built and created. And one thing about writing a book is it makes you look back at your entire life <laughs> and connect all the dots. And I'm grateful for that because now I see that what I went through back then got me to the place where I built the Kajabi. And then from there, I heard their stories. And it's just, it's very powerful. And that's really what the book is focusing on is that you have a story. And if you share it, you can change other people's worlds and, and your own world too. Mm. Uh, your story, some of it reminds me a bit of what I was reading this morning. Uh, I started a book called Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Quit Your Job, and Live Your Ideal Lifestyle. And the foreword is written by uh, New York Times bestselling author Dan Miller. Okay. And in the foreword, he talks about growing up on a farm, and you know, the expectation was he would take over the family farm and continue to get up at 530 in the morning and you know milk cows 365 days a year. <laughs> but that time on the farm was time to, to think, and as he thought more and more doing this hard work, he dreamt more and more about what was possible beyond the farm. So I don't know if you realize or not, but I think you guys have some similarities in that regard. That's awesome. You know, being on a farm, being outside, it forces you to look at the rhythms of life and mm. to see things grow and then die and then to be reborn again and grow and provide. I don't know what it was about that. That just is kind of an anchor in my mind. The way I think about things is you plant a seed, you take care of it, and then someday you get to harvest that one seed and it becomes a lot of other seeds. I just live by that same philosophy now is like, what can I do today that will really help me tomorrow? Love that future thinking, that future focus. Yeah. Why do you believe, Travis, that any one of us, should we desire, could start a business and, and become their own boss? I, I happen to agree with you, but I'm curious to know what, what your thoughts are behind that. Well, it, it comes to mindset. It comes to really thinking, you got to start with the fact that you could do this. <laughs> Really, there's no different between me or somebody else or, you know, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or whoever it is. The one thing they did have is they believe they could do it. They may have had different skill sets or connections, but what's that saying? People always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. I, I hate that saying. <laughs> it's, it's both. You need to get good at something. 
Mm. and get to know a lot of people, help a lot of people. And when you start doing that, you're going to start seeing the opportunities. And when you start asking the right questions and realizing, well, people will pay me for that. Or wait, what if I made a product around that or a service or got a group of people together and created a team? You would be surprised how much bigger the world is than your paycheck. And for me, that's what this book is about. I want to write this book to someone like my dad back when I was growing up because he had so many gifts and talents. And I want that person to read it and go, wow, I'm a really good teacher. I'm a really good baseball coach. I'm a really good, you know, whatever. And think about what you could do with that. Well, this this whole idea, this whole concept of, of the knowledge economy, as you call it, it's not necessarily new. People have been selling online mm-hmm. for a while. However, at the same time, sure. you kind of see it still as being in its infancy. Why, why, why do you think that is? Because I don't think everybody realizes they have knowledge. Everybody can share their knowledge. The reason why I still say it's in its infancy is because most people don't realize that their knowledge is their biggest asset. Mm. And when they learn how to share that in you know, a packaged or a product way to the right people who need it and want it, um, they can build a really successful business around that. And they're helping other people. And that kind of business, doing something you're really good at, you love, helps other people, the amount of passion and energy you're going to get from that will be pretty incredible. And it'll keep you going because starting a business is hard and you need those extra things to keep you through the, the lows and the valleys of building a new company. Mm. While, while you were running uh, Kajabi, was there ever a customer who came along and successfully sold a course or what have you uh, on something you thought was just like, well, I never would have expected that to be successful. And any examples <laughs> popped to mind? <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. You know, okay, so we started Kajabi in 2010 and mm-hmm. we ran a survey three months after we started with what are you teaching? What are you doing? And at that point, we were really new to the business. We mm-hmm. knew it was huge. We had some really big customers. But when we got the results from the everyday person, we were like, wait, people pay for this? Like, there's a lady that's very successful teaching how to do horse ballet. <laughs> Or, or like common things like becoming a blacksmith or how to how to become a firefighter, like how to pass and become a firefighter, mm. how to throw a hundred mile per hour fastball. Everything you can think of, everything you've ever Googled when you're like, okay, how do I do this? Okay, I'm going to Google it. That has the potential to be a knowledge subject for you to become kind of an expert in that space because people don't realize we really are experts. I think most people think, no, this person's an expert. No, that person's an expert. But you're an expert at being yourself. You're an expert at being you. And when you share that with someone else out there that's similar to you, you're really going to connect with that person. And even though there may be other people out there further along than you, you all are also further along than others. There's always someone trying to catch up to where you are, right? Exactly. I always look at my two sons. I have a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old. And when they're playing video games, let's say they're playing Fortnite or whatever it is, whoever's better at the game is always there to help the other one. Like the younger one will be like, how do I get past this level? Where do I go? <laughs> oh, you just go here and here. And that's what life is all about. You might only be two steps ahead of someone else, but that knowledge you have is so valuable. And I think with so much information on the internet, we're starting to get programmed that that's how you learn. You go there, you learn. And we like it when we connect with other people that are like us, that make us feel good, that guide us along, that are almost a mentor because the internet has had information forever, but the key is knowledge. And knowledge is connected with people and action and results. It's not just you know, news and stats and data. It's real actionable things and a real person on the other side of it. 
I was just reminded of one of the stories you share in the book. I think of going to a conference and, and hearing from others who were uh, successfully selling their knowledge online. One, I think, was a guy teaching people how to play video games. And I think another yes. that really sort of uh, wowed you was, I think it was Jermaine, who yeah, that's right. maybe learned how to play piano by ear, I think, and was teaching other people to do that. Yeah, Jermaine Griggs is probably one of the first knowledge entrepreneurs I met. This is way back in 2004. Mm. I was at a conference and I meet this kid who grew up in the hood of Long Beach. And now at this point, he's 19. He's going to University of Irvine, UCI. And he's super successful, like you said, at teaching how to listen and, and play, like hear and play, playing by ear. And his story is incredible. Mm. He learned how to play the piano because his grandmother won a piano on The Price is Right. <laughs> And because he lived in this really like rough neighborhood, his mom and his grandma was like, after school, you come straight home. And they taught him how to play. And from there, trying all kinds of businesses, he eventually bought hereandplay.com and learned about this concept of teaching. And back then it was, you enter your information, we'll mail you DVDs. But yeah, he was killing it mm. at that point. And it was just so incredible to hear that story. Like, And he's like retired now. I think he just, him and his family, they travel around the world with their kids and just experience life. <laughs> what are some of the the questions we need to ask ourselves if we're trying to discover, you know, our business? What are some some prompts, some things we can ask ourselves to help us in that endeavor? Yeah, and I think this all is about starting with the right questions um, because I went through that in my life of just asking, you know, what's going on. And the first one is, where am I at right now today? What is my life like? Do I like my job? Am I able to pay my bills? Am I happy? And what does happiness look like? If you could change your life, what would you want your life to look like? And I think some people don't want to think that way. I think that's how my parents were. They're like, no, we can't want more. We can't covet someone else. We, we need to stay right here with our head down and focus. But I believe that we were created for more and that we were created to become creators ourselves. And it's important for you to ask and tap into that thing inside of you that wants to be something else. And when you start doing that, you, you can realize, okay, What's it going to take for me to become that person? How am I going to do that? And one way is mentors. And the best way to get a mentor, which I love your show, is read books. You can <laughs> hear people's stories. Like you can hear my story. You can hear Steve Jobs' story, Elon Musk, and George Washington. I read his biography. Like just to hear the story of what normal people went through to become these incredible people of history can really change your story because your life and your story is valuable. And if you ignore it, then yeah, it doesn't really matter. But if you start sharing it and it connects with someone else, you could actually change the trajectory of someone else's life. And I saw that over and over again in Kajabi. And that's kind of what inspired me to write the book because I would hear these stories as I interviewed successful customers and I would get goosebumps. I'm like, this is crazy. So you started teaching how to mow lawns and now you're making this money and you're connecting with people all over the world. It is really a unique thing to do that with your life. Things change. You become more successful. You make more money. You start to find purpose in your life. I love it. I can hear the passion in your voice. I can listen to you talk all day. That's wonderful to hear. Something you you lay out in the book, which I'm hoping you'd be willing to go into a little bit of detail on, are, are these, what you call the four P's of, of expertise. Yeah. Those of us creating knowledge businesses usually, it usually comes out of one of these four. Can you talk about those? Yeah. So after interviewing a bunch of successful Kajabi customers, I started realizing that they all kind of fell in these four different categories. Mm. 
the way I like to describe it is it's called the four P's. And the first P is profession. It's your job. It's what you're good at. It's, it's what you do every single day. The next one is, is passion. It's your hobby. It's the thing that you, you know, you play golf or you fly drones or you play Fortnite, whatever it is. It's something you do for fun. And then the last two are the hard things in life. This The first one is pain. It could be physical. It could be emotional pain, but it's something you went through. And the fact that you're here listening to this means you're still kicking. You made it. Mm-hmm. You made it past that. And when you can share that, that can help a lot of people. And, the, and then the other one is problem. We all have problems. We're Googling like, how do you do this? How do I fix that? I, I love that I can watch a YouTube and in three minutes, I know how to fix whatever it is. Like that is the best <laughs> thing about the world we live in. But those are the four P's that people have been able to build knowledge businesses off of. And if you were to ask those knowledge business owners, what software and tools do they use? Well, sure to come up at the conversation is one of my favorite tools, and that's my cloud accounting software tool, FreshBooks. It's a tool I've been using for right about 10 years, and I am thrilled, delighted beyond belief that they are sponsoring the Read to Lead podcast. If you need accounting help in your business, or maybe you're thinking about starting a business like Travis is teaching us about today, a side hustle even, I encourage you to take advantage of FreshBooks' free, unrestricted 30-day trial. You get to kick the tires, see if you like it for a full 30 days, and get access to all their features. To find out more about that, you just go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. When you do that, by the way, it's kind of like casting a vote in the eyes of FreshBooks for read to lead. You make us look good, in other words. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead and be sure and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. You know, I've seen some folks who uh, have built knowledge businesses based out of uh, painful past experiences yeah. take heat for monetizing that. What, what, are, what are your thoughts uh, on that when you hear people in that position uh, being criticized? Yeah, I think if you're doing this with a genuine desire to help somebody else, when you're able to get paid for it, that means you can help more people. Mm. Because I've met people that are like, I want to do this and it's going to be a nonprofit. And I'm like, that's great. But sometimes nonprofits have to almost beg for people to donate. And a lot of us do donate and we help some incredible charities. And I know that's very necessary. However, if you can help change someone's life and they have the means to pay you for that change, that means you can help more people and more people. And then pretty soon you are able to help a lot of people that could never afford and you don't even need to try to monetize at that point. Mm. And that's why it's important to turn that, whatever it is, into potentially a, a business. It doesn't mean you're trying to profit off someone's pain. You're trying to help guide them through that pain. And you would be surprised how grateful they are. And like, you, this really changed my life. And because of this, I now have my own business or I'm now back to work. And because of that, it's just like going to the doctor that helps you fix a broken leg. You're helping that person fix that pain and that brokenness that because you went through it, it's genuine. And I know that with YouTube and social media and Facebook, Instagram, we all want to see like reality because it's not real anymore. It's so fake book. And mm. we've gotten into that culture that people are starving for real people who are honest about who they are. Yeah, as I was reading the book and, and reading this particular section, section on on pain, I was thinking back over my life and and at first I was like, you know, I've I've been blessed. I've not really had painful experiences and I thought more about that. I thought that's that's not true. That's mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know I, my my thought of painful experiences was, you know, I default to physical pain or, you know, disease sure. and things of that nature. And I thought, well, gosh, how many how many jobs have I been fired from? I mean, that's painful, yeah. you know. That's like, yeah. you know, I've how did I bounce back? And 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 then the last one I turned that into a business 
business and working for myself. And there's knowledge, there's things I've gained in that pain. And I thought I can do things that help other people experiencing the same pain. In fact, I've, I've already been doing that. I did a summit. Yeah. In the spring, the Boss Free Virtual Summit, helping people who want to make that transition or, or who have already um, you know, been put in a position to have to make a decision because they've lost their job and, and it's yeah. helping a lot of people. And so uh, even though I didn't think of that as something painful, it really is uh, something painful, right? I mean, and so yeah. I, I just had to kind of change my perspective on that. Yeah, and I think it really is about perspective. Like take inventory of your life and think – you know, all these four P's, you know, what do I do at my job? Uh, what am I good at my job? What painful things have happened? Like you said, losing a job is painful. Maybe you've been blessed with your health or, you know, maybe not gone through divorce or bankruptcy or whatever, but we've all had to deal with disappointment and life changes and kind of getting derailed from what we thought was going to happen. And what did we do from that? How do we rebound? I think mm -hmm. that shows us how we could help someone else. And when you start accepting the things that have happened to you, like as if they happened to you for a reason and you share them, it starts to give them a purpose. And there's nothing more powerful than when you can start to find the purpose in your life. Like, why am I here? Why did that happen? And then who can I help? You know, my wife in a previous relationship has some very painful memories and experiences. And for decades, a couple of decades, uh, she would not talk about those things. And she mm -hmm. realized that there was power in talking about it, that, that she yeah. broke the chains of that past experience when she brought herself to talk about it. And though she's not turned that into a business, at least not yet. She's helped so many women, either going through the same thing or helping them avoid going through the same thing because she got to a place where she can now talk about those painful experiences. Yeah, and I, I think that's important because not only, like you said, did, does it heal the person that went through the pain, but it gives hope to the other person that's going through that pain. Because just like we talked about, you know, you become an expert when you're just a couple steps ahead. You also become a beacon mm. for someone when you've made it through the pain and they can look to you and say, wow, that person made it to there. If I can just make it to there, mm. I'll be okay. And that's why sharing is important. And I don't think you should ever start with, I'm going to profit from this. This isn't how you do it. But you could be like, I'm going to write a book or mm. I'm going to have a conference or I'm going to create an online course that maybe you do give it away. I, I really don't know. Everybody has a different different way they're going to share their knowledge. When you start helping people, it's crazy how it starts to turn into a business. I mean, more and more of these <laughs> stories are people just helping someone else. And next thing you know, people are like, can I pay you? <laughs> like th th there's one lady that she goes through, you know, getting older and hormone changes and she starts to look into intermittent fasting. And she realizes that nobody's ever created anything about intermittent and fasting for a woman that's maturing in her age. It's all younger guys, weightlifting, shredding weight, whatever. So she becomes obsessed with just learning this and how, how to do it for herself. Then she says, hey, I'm going to do a Facebook group. Um, anybody want to come and, and do this? And next thing you know, she's got a group of people and she now has an entire six-figure business on helping you overcome the changes of life through intermittent fasting. And that's what it's all about. Just start talking about what you've been through in life. That, that's why when you're real on social media, you can start connecting with people and just, it's so much more powerful than all the fake, I'm at the beach and here I am <laughs> eating this perfect food and doing a toast, whatever. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned maybe giving it away. Travis actually encourages us to give our best stuff away for free in the book. Travis, what do you say to someone who argues that that doesn't make any sense? I know, isn't that crazy? You think, oh, I should just tease them and, and not give away the 
the best. But the reality is even if you gave every single thing away and then you packaged it again and then charged, people that love that information is still going to want to get that book or, or buy that mm-hmm. course. I mean, way back in the day, we would go watch the movie. Then we would rent the movie. <laughs> then we would buy the movie on DVD. <laughs> now it's like one click. You can just watch it from your TV. But my point is when you really enjoy something and it changes your life, you want to get as much as possible. You want to get as much of your information out there for free as possible. And people know that they know the scams of just enter your email or or pay me a dollar and this. No, the whole strategy in this business is people need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you. Mm. And to get trust, that means you've got to prove that you're a good person and you can help them. And if you don't give the best stuff away, how are they ever going to know? <laughs> I mean, you don't have that brand yet. You're not mm. Oprah yet. You know, you're, you're not this person that we know for sure. So make that name for yourself. Get to know more people. Yeah, it reminds me of the story. Uh, Pat Flynn, who was our guest last week, he didn't share yes. the story last week, but I've heard him share it before of, of having this site before Smart Passive Income where he was kind of gathering his notes for the lead exam, an architectural exam, and realizing that six or 7,000 people were visiting the site every month. And he was encouraged to turn that into a course. And his first response was, but it's already free on my site. Why would people <laughs> pay for that? And the response was, well, people will pay for the convenience of having that curated for them. That's exactly it, is the curated experience, the fact that you're going to guide them through it. Mm. Because everything can be found, especially on YouTube now, like I said. And you've got to change that mindset. Just because someone else is already doing it, that that doesn't matter. If anything, that's a good thing other people are Mm. talking about this subject that you want to share. And yeah, they could have gotten it for free, but they're more than happy to get that version that you consider the best to the point where you put a dollar amount to it. It has more value in their eyes and they'll take it more seriously when they've paid you for that whatever guiding knowledge. Well, I want to ask you some questions, as I do every guest, Travis, not directly related to the book. But before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure that we know or or walk away with? Well, I just want everybody to realize it's listening to this, that you really could start a business and there's really things inside of you that you're good at. And the one thing I didn't mention is whenever you've done something and you feel really good about it, like even gotten goosebumps, have you been at work and you're like working on this project? You're like, I love this. (laughs) Pay attention to those clues. They're going to be in all areas of your life. Mm. So it's important. And yet you might completely change what you're doing just by that information of, wow, I love flying drones. Next thing you know, you've got got a business based on that love. Love it. Well, uh, Travis, uh, put your thinking cap on. Think about the books that you've read over the course of your career. I'm assuming you are a sometimes reader, if not a voracious reader. Yeah, sure. Uh, What would you say are the two or three titles that come to mind right away as having had an impact on you? And if you can, maybe share how or why they impacted you as they they did. Sure. Uh, The first one way back in 2000, and three would have been uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. I first got on Audible when it was first coming out because I I don't actually like to read, read. I I struggled in school and reading is very difficult for me. And I had had tapes for years of all kinds of awesome stuff, but (laughs) I signed up for Audible and back then it was $30 a month. You got five books a month. And that first year I went crazy. I read books over almost 60. I almost did five every single month and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad then I read every single Rich Dad, Poor Dad that came out. But just the concept of the book. And a lot of us on this podcast have heard of it. And there's all kinds of opinions behind 
behind it. But what it does, it makes you think beyond the paycheck. Just like I wrote in my book, that's the way I'd always been thinking my whole life. But it was tangible examples, just opening your mind that if you can find value and you can deliver it, people are going to pay you for that. And that that was that was a big one for me. And I think the next one is think and grow rich. That just the concept of having an idea and then believing in it, and then you can you can actually do it. You know, the whole conceive, believe, achieve. That mm-hmm. that's the staple behind that book. But the reality is, it's the belief part that is huge because ideas work once you believe in them fully. And like you know, you look at like athletes, and an athlete that believes in himself is better at the sport. And typically, if they're talented, God-given gifts, they have a better attitude. But then you see those athletes that for some crazy reason think they're really good and then they also do really well because of that belief and i think that in life we can't wait until everything's perfect so that we believe we have to find ways to believe now in that idea and that's why mentors and books can plant those seeds of oh if that person did that then i could do that so i I think those two are like my staples but i mean i've read like i said documentaries about steve jobs elon musk george washington i just love discovering other people's lives and what they went through to get where they are. Do do you think there's value in encouraging people to do, to take action before the belief is fully there rather than waiting on the belief? Yes. And one way you can do that, it's really simple. Start writing it down. Mm. At what point does an idea become real? And I believe that once I take it from my brain and put it on paper, Mm. that's the first step because now it's a tangible thing. Everybody could see. I can start to explain it. And I think when you start writing down, I want to do this, I'm going to do this. That is the beginning of belief. And you know, the more you think that way, the more you're going to start taking steps like, oh, I want to lose weight. Well, maybe I won't eat that. Or maybe I'm going to move a little bit more today. It's just those small steps. Once you identify I'm heading that way, like in the book, I talk about GPS, you know, the GPS is so kind to us. If you make a wrong turn, it's like, that's your next convenience to make a U-turn, you know, (laughs) or turn left. It doesn't yell at you like, Hey dummy, you missed it. You missed it. But in our brains, we do that. But the reality is there is a GPS. And to me, I call it God pushing you softly. Like there is a voice inside saying, do this. Oh, you should go here. And the trick is to try to hear that voice. And that voice will not be critical. It will not be negative. It will not be uh, judgmental. It will not give you shame. It will just say, go here, do this talk to this person. And when you tap into that, belief starts growing and then achievement starts growing. It's really a whole domino that happens. And it's powerful when you can see that happening. Mm, I quoted him since several times here on the show, but uh, when Seth Godin was on, it's been four or five years ago now, he said, we don't take action because we believe. We believe because we take action. Do first, believe second. Yes. Yes. And action gives you momentum. So that, that's why breaking it down into smaller steps sometimes helps so much. Because like, okay, I wrote it down. Okay, now I'm writing it down. And here's three things I need to do tomorrow for this thing. Mm. And that, that does, that definitely increases belief because you can see it more. Well, you mentioned, Travis, that you are moving on to even bigger and better things. Yeah. I'd like to ask as we wrap up here, what's ahead for you? What is around the corner that's got you excited? Or is there anything in that regard that you're able to share at this time? Yeah, I mean, I'm still super excited about the book because I love talking to people about this stuff. And I know that that's my true passion is helping people learn how to take something they know and turn it into a business. But the new space I'm kind of going into is is the gaming and the streaming space. I'm starting to see... Mm 
how that generation is using their knowledge, their content and delivering it. And I'm working on some pretty cool new projects now to kind of help them turn those into businesses. And I'm just, I'm super excited about what that is because now anybody can become a broadcaster, just like we've had with YouTube and everything else. But it's even changing now as I watch my kids that are on their phones nonstop on YouTube, on Twitch. Like if you look at anybody under... 20, they're not on on a Facebook. They might be on an Instagram. Mm. Uh, They're definitely on YouTube. But the place they're definitely at is is streaming video games, especially. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there are so many great streamers. There's a guy who calls up scammers and basically teaches you how to avoid getting the IRS scam or, you know, the the gift card scam. And I'm just like, that's the future is is just raw sharing your information, sharing your knowledge. So I'm working on some new tools and some new kind of platforms in that space. Love it. Well, the book, again, is called You, Inc., the step-by-step guide for finding a business within you. His name is uh, Travis Rosser. Travis, I'm teaching an online business course at a local college in the spring. And considering your book is one of the required, quote-unquote, textbooks for, for the students. Oh, so. that's great. That would be awesome. I, I would love to be available. I could do like a Skype into the class for you. Oh, that'd be great. That would be amazing. <laughs> I Absolutely. love that kind of stuff. Very cool. <laughs> well, thanks so much for, for being here and taking time out to chat with us. I, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. Thank you. This has been great. Some great classic book suggestions from Travis there. For links to those books, Travis's book, and any other resources and links he and I shared today, please visit the show notes page we've created just for today's episode. You'll find that at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 281 for episode 281. Want to say thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring Read to Lead and helping make it free? Visit freshbooks.com slash read to lead and take advantage of their free, unrestricted 30-day trial. Enter Read to Lead in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Do you have questions, comments, or feedback about the podcast like Dow did this past week? You can email me directly, jeff at read to lead podcast. Dow particularly liked my interview last week with John R. Brandt. Dow says that as an entrepreneur trying to help organizations reach their optimal leadership potential by teaching them the skills that create a thriving life with others, one of John's comments in particular really adds to my message. Dow was referring to when John said relationships are fundamentally forged in a time of crisis because what happens then is you learn who you can trust and who you can't. Thank you, Dow. So glad you found it helpful. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Read to Lead podcast. As always, until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. 